I feel like, we were talking about this the other night, I feel like we've set too high a standard for Christmas over the years with my kids. and mm. I hear you. Trying to roll it back is difficult. They're in for a dose of realism, are they? Yeah, it's kind of mm. like the study we were talking about with the mice and the rewards mm-hmm. and the cookie and everything like that. Just to... You know, if you've if you've if if Christmas has been at this level, anything below it seems disappointing. Even if that level would have been perfectly satisfying, if that's where you had started. Correct. Well, and that's straight out of government policy too. If you announce today that every left-handed person in the in the country, the state, whatever, including myself, gets a ten thousand dollars subsidy because scissors are backwards for us and we've been oppressed our whole lives and sometimes we smear ink with our hands i mean that would be a ludicrous expenditure of taxpayer money but you let that go for five years and then try to cut it you'll have lefties marching in the street screaming unfair unfair and so you know your kids are the same one of the scissors they would be saying more in general i'm just worried about the materialism of you know what i've created for their view of the world it's going to be difficult, but I suggest this. This year, December 25th comes, you get up in the morning, they run out all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed into the living room. You're sitting there with a cup of coffee in your hand. You're reading the newspaper. They say, Dad, it's Christmas. And you say, yeah, I forgot. We'll do it next year. I say, Santa is phony. Life is hard. Oh, here's a shovel. Here's, here's a shovel. What am I supposed to dig? A hole. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Then fill it in again. <laughs> it's gonna it's shock therapy. Santa's phony life is hard. <laughs> Go back to bed. Santa is not phony. Santa is fabulous. I hope Santa brings me one of these Van Moof S3 electric bikes. I scoffed at electric bikes for a while. Well, so I live in a, a town that's v- really into its biking and has some very upscale bike stores, and it's it seems like it's got as many electric bikes now as non-electric bikes. Now, what exactly do people do with them? The idea, and and like I say, I, I was a scoffer for a very long time because for until fairly recently, Craig the Obamacare lawyer and I would uh, crank up hills. I mean, we would grind up hills for half an hour. Uh, and then plunge down them again, and anybody who used any sort of assist was a wuss. But now that I'm a somewhat older man, um, I I think I see it. It's bikes You're scoffing you ride. at the price of them is what I'm scoffing at. Well, this one's only two thousand yeah. dollars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. They 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 used to be three. Maybe they've gone down to two. Yeah, they are getting cheaper and they're getting lighter and they're smaller. This uh, Jeff Fowler and the Wapo, uh, Jeff, great guy, right? Read him any chance you get. Is talking about this Van Moof S3 which uh, you got to come up with a better name. It's $2,000. It looks like an ordinary bike. I can't have an electric bike helping me get up the hill that's called the Van Moof. It's just... <laughs> it's a kick in the Van Moof. Uh, he says that it looks like an ordinary bike. A motor kicks in when you pedal to get to help you get where you need to go, giving you just enough exercise. It says to not have to break a sweat. Well, then you're not, hardly getting exercise at all. But I'm sure you can turn it off. My favorite part is the Your button on the handlebar. Your exercising includes not sweating. Well, yeah, that's, that's some mild exercising. Kind of the best of both worlds there, aren't you? No, that's an extremely small motorcycle. Um, well, but, if, I'm, if I'm having a bicycle to get to work and back, I mean, it's my transportation that I want to be cheaper and easier to park than a car. That's the reason I'm doing it. Well, then the motor's fine. I, I get it. But if I want to ride a bike, I want to ride a bike. I like the idea of, um, and the friends I've talked to, and I don't know, maybe Jeff's not into that because he says he's not really into biking. The friends I've talked to say, um, 
you can exercise, you're getting exercise, you're pedaling, you're propelling the bike. And then when you get to steep parts, it gives you some help. So you never hit like hardcore pumping up the hill mm. exertion, but you're still getting exercise. So it's kind of a half-ass exercise, but I don't know. I may check one out one of these days. I, I miss moving. riding my bike, man. I miss mountain biking so bad. Oof. I think we're moving toward fish people is what we're doing. Well, Electric it. bikes. We're going to lose our limbs. I mean, fins. What do you got to steer with something? Do I get to breathe underwater? <laughs> Probably. Still have your arms. I don't understand how we lose our arms. My dad, my dad was really into natural selection and that sort of thing, and explaining that to me as a kid, and um, and talking about how over time, we, you know, we could lose, you know, because we won't need our appendages like that. Uh, anyway, I, I just I, I pictured that happening like in my lifetime. I thought that was going to happen <laughs> fairly quickly. <laughs> as a kid, that being explained to me. Oh, that's beautiful. Troubling. Oh, but when beautiful. I grow up, we'll be armless people. Yeah. Sitting around in a goo running things with our minds. Finally, tranquility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I was probably in third or fourth grade when they had the, they had the reading program. Did you guys have this where they had different reading assignments and and you had like the the uh, yellow, then the orange, yeah, then the S -S 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 -R -A? red, then the... SRA? Yeah. SRA reading and it was color coded. Yeah. yeah. I remember that, but I remember reading one of those things that they were predicting that in the future, human beings will be seven foot tall bald and have you know smaller arms and stuff like that kind of the t-rex arms and stuff like that and as a kid i thought they meant like in 20 yeah, years exactly you thought yeah. in your lifetime this is going to happen right not in, in 500,000 years or maybe a million um why would we end up bald because we don't, don't need our hair we don't exist this is in fourth grade i don't recall <laughs> they don't exactly uh, so know. downgrade me on comprehension <laughs> they don't exactly know why a lot of our hair exists anyway right uh, beards and whatnot there are there are theories beards i don't know i i will tell you this as a man with hairy arms and legs um it, it's it's a sense it's a sensory thing i know when a bug's on me and it's funny baxter so hey asians do you do you uh if you're if you're oh, asians are just bit the, the hell out of them <laughs> by bugs everybody knows that you feel like your life is really uh, lesser because you're not as hairy I, I got it. hairy legs. I doubt That's it. That's right, Joe. That's right, Mr. President-elect, sir. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I had one more question on that. So uh, let's see. Oh, um, I heard the other day a scientist say um, uh, kindergartners today, half of them will live to be over 100. Great, Scott. Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh. That's what they expect life expectancy. Why? That's why it's all the more important to drain their blood. Not as kindergartners, that's okay. sick and macabre, but as, as teenagers who need a little walking around money, you drain their blood, you give it to us, the old, the bitter, the declining. <laughs> Would you guys want to live to be 100? I don't think I'd want to. Depends <sighs> entirely on my health, Michael, and I know you know that. But and, and finances. I mean, it does change the financial picture. If you're just going to assume you're going to be living to 100 and, like, you know, able to do things... Ooh, that's a different financial situation. Yeah, but think about how irritated you would be. I mean, you know, how the Very, changes and stuff like that you'd be I'm, like, I'm 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 not sure we're built for that. Well, right. As right. I've said many times, this is why God grants us sweet mortality, because there's only certain a certain amount of change we can take. And then you, you just get crazy. I don't know, hundreds a long time. But I don't know. I'll let it ride. I'll so let I you know like, I tell you what, Michael, I'll let you know when I'm ninety nine. 
So I got like 35 more years of answering to the man if I'm going <laughs> to live to be 100? It seems like a long time. And then you can retire. That's right. And enjoy that last 10 years in peace. Oh, speaking of the dystopian future, perhaps, if there's one tech guy you think is going to rule the world, become the dictator of the globe, who who do you think it would be? Uh, based on ability or uh, desire? Based on all the factors. I don't know ability, much about... Ability, desire, uh, cutthroatedness. I don't know much about the Google guy, including his name. <laughs> But uh, Google seems to have the power to be able to do that. I don't know if he has the desire. But the capability, I think, is uh, Jeff Bezos. I think we all live in a global uh, dictatorship called Trans-Amazonia. Yeah. And I have evidence to that effect coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I freely admit that Facebook, Twitter, these various places have a really hard job in trying to figure out this whole, are they going to censor things or what do they censor? What do they censor? Are you going to let child porn on there? Hopefully you're not. We're going to where you draw the line, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. It's hard. Mm-hmm. But I've yeah. got a great example of how Twitter is just completely off the rails on something they, they let stand all weekend long. I'll get to that a little bit later. Also, I just saw a headline, McDonald's offering free McRib if you shave your beard. What kind of a deal is that? What the hell? How do they verify that? Why why do they want me to shave my beard at all? Don't go in there saying, I told Jack Armstrong said I'd get a free McRib because I'm not saying that. I'm sure there are details involved that I don't know. But how would they know I had a beard if I show up clean shaven? Plus, uh, we have to uh, report on our first annual or monthly or weekly uh, Gavin Newsom Award for Hypocrisy uh, coming up in a couple of minutes. Maybe I have to shave my beard in front of the non-English-speaking fries person Maybe prove. Maybe they'll shave your beard and make you eat it. Maybe they got somebody <laughs> shaving you, yeah. They shave you when you walk in. Seems like uh, unsanitary. Have you been in the new establishment? Have you been in the new McDonald's where it's all stand-up tables? They bring the food to your table. No. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different look. Why would you? You order you ordered a big, super fancy, high tech. I mean, it's really good, like touchscreen thingy. Okay, so this is the the they don't have cashiers anymore, and then they bring people. So they they don't call the number, and you and you just pretend they, they like bring yeah, it to your table, and I guess then... that's supposed to be better somehow. I don't know. Huh. Hmm. I had McDonald's food for the first time in years and years the other day. I bet it breakfast. was yummy. I got me an Egg McMuffin. That's a damn fine breakfast oh, sandwich. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. exactly like you thought it would. Yeah. It did, precisely like it did the last time I got one. And that's why they made so much, make so much money, because yeah. you can get one anywhere in America any time of day, and it will taste exactly the same almost always. Right, and you Very can leave rare. it on your counter for the next five years if you want and go back and eat it. It's It'll under, taste the same. It's underappreciated how hard that would be to pull off, though. I think so. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. With all the different workforces and climates and different locales and urban and not and everything like that to get that. that you ordered that French fries. It's going to taste exactly like you expect the French fries to taste. 
Every single time. Even on a different scale than something like Budweiser, right? Where no matter, you you open a bottle of Budweiser anywhere in America, it's the same thing. But they have kind of controlled factories and plants that they then just distribute out everywhere else. It's amazing. Well, and you have to factor in at McDonald's, you got some highly motivated folks working there who want to move up in the company. And then you got your, uh, what was that term we learned? Actively disengaged employees. You've disengaged (laughs) and actively disengaged. They're trying to sabotage your company. I have been disengaged where I just didn't really care that much whether the... The enterprise I was working for was successful or not. I just wanted to not get fired. But I've never been actively disengaged. That's where you're trying to bring the the company down. I have never quit a job, but I have become actively disengaged to the point of, well, (laughs) it's understood what's going on here. Let's uh, let's just part as friends, I suppose. Well, speaking of the amazing logistical uh, prowess of McDonald's, you have uh, the amazing Amazon, and, and it is an amazing company. I have a number of gripes with Amazon, uh, but you have to admire the the astonishing rise of the company and their capability. They are, according to the, the Washington Post, um, as unemployment was surging this spring, Amazon hired 400,000 workers to stow, sort, pick, pack, and deliver goods from its warehouses to across the country pushing its total employee count over 1.1 million people. Wow. But to quote the Post, it didn't stop there. The e-commerce giant leased 12 Boeing 767-300 cargo aircraft, bringing its air fleet to above 80 jets. They added 220 package facilities since the start of the year. 220. That's incredible. Ranging from urban delivery stations to giant warehouses, according to an industry consultant. And they used the crisis when prices on everything from commercial real estate to cargo jets plummeted to amass an empire already beginning to rival, ladies and gentlemen, the United States operations of UPS and FedEx, long the most dominant logistics companies. They do more than deliver stuff. They actually the field of logistics, I find absolutely interesting. But um, so they are now at the point that. They are close to competing with UPS and FedEx and the other guys, obviously, in delivering packages from from you to me and X to Y, not just Amazon stuff. They already compete directly against UPS and FedEx in the United Kingdom. I didn't know that. Sure. We just shipped uh, my son a bunch of coats that he'd had at home. He's living up in the frozen northwest now and. Uh, and we, I, I think we probably went with UPS. I can't remember, but yeah, in the UK already, people are calling Amazon to do that. Huh. And judging by their ability to gobble up and dominate other industries, I, I would not bet against them. Amazon said in a recent earnings call, it boosted its fulfillment capacity, the collection of warehouses, delivery stations, and drivers, by 50% this year. This year. I'm I'm aware of uh, a lot of the the successes that the pandemic brought them and everything like that, but they they have come out of this uh, with a worse look in my mind than than I had going into the pandemic. I they no longer that. believe anything about the shipping times the way I did before. I'll never pay extra for the fast shipping because you it's as it likely or not that it won't make it. Yeah, they mentioned you got rogue third-party sellers gouging people, warehouse staff uh, striking and sounding the alarm. They're getting sick, um, clogged network, uh, the rest of it. 
But while that was going on, they were growing and growing yeah, and growing. No doubt about it. But they, they don't have the sheen they had before the pandemic for me. And I know for our family anyway, and I've read some articles in the Wall Street Journal that this is not, uh, uh, we're not unique in this way. There's a lot of people thought, you know, I'm going to try Target, see if they can get here faster. Target.com or Walmart.com or any of the other ones. And now it's more of I shop around. I used to be always just right to Amazon. I just clicked it, ordered it, come. Now I shop Walmart and Target, see how fast they can get it at what price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Jeff Bezos may be evil. I'm not sure. I'm certain that Zuckerberg is evil. I'm not sure if Sundar Pichai at, uh, at Google is evil, but he's certainly perpetrating evil. Uh, I don't know about Bezos, but I know this. I, you know, I picture myself going to his house, and he'd say, Joe, please sit. Then he'd say, Joe, lie down. Joe, come. Joe, here's a biscuit. Because he probably looks at normal mortals like ourselves, oh, yeah. like we look at dogs. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine having like him and Elon Musk the 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 way they can conceive of things far beyond what's possible now or far beyond where we are chronologically. I just uh, it's amazing. I, I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I got a reasonably solid plan for what I'm eating for lunch, <laughs> and I'm I'm proud of that. I can't figure out how to get my phone hooked up to the Bluetooth in my car. <laughs> so I'd like to do that. Much less global distribution between the uh, the Far East and, and you know, we and need the Western to, world. We need to hand out some Gavvies. That's an award we've come up with named after Gavin Newsom for hypocritical politicians who have strict coronavirus laws, then break them publicly. And, and whoever wins the first Gavvy will, will go down in history, Jack. What an honor. No, immortalized. Got, <laughs> yeah, immortalized, exactly. Like that, that female kicker. Um, uh, we've got several examples of politicians being hypocrites. What a shock. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. got on the topic of making socks oh that's right uh slave labor making socks in china we were talking about that i was talking about working as sock factor in the united states we got this text i worked making socks when clinton signed the most favored nation deal with china i was making 1450 per hour plus production pay vacation and huge turkeys and fruit baskets for holidays it was a great job wow reminds me when i worked at ups it was probably the best i've ever been treated by an employee um as an employee a lot of jobs that, you know, otherwise, you know, nobody's stacking boxes because it's their life dream, like when I was working at UPS or probably making socks. But in America, with the free market, they got to treat people a certain way to get you to think, hey, this is a great job. I want to do this. That's how the capitalism is so wasteful. You just enslave people and make them work the Chinese way. So I understand we have a new new theme music for this? For the Gavvies, yes. This is our Gavvies theme music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gavvie Awards. The Gavin Newsom Award for Hypocrisy. Given on a weekly or monthly basis, we haven't decided. It's up to us anyway. Uh, to whatever politician displays the most severe hypocrisy in the COVID-19 epidemic. It would certainly seem that weekly might work. Uh, yes. Uh, we've had enough in the last several days. The Gavin Newsom Award will be kind of like the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award for uh, videos. He was just so huge in music videos that they just named it after him forever. Right. 
Right. Gavin Newsom is the governor of the biggest state, ordering everybody to not have Thanksgiving, then going to the most expensive restaurant to sit with a lobbyist uh, with no mask. is just, Nobody will ever break that record. Oh, I know. It's fabulous. Hey, you know what, Michael? I thought of a, an even better intro. Can you start the theme music over again? Uh, we're all human. We all fall <laughs> short sometimes. <laughs> start the theme music again. Live from the French Laundry in Napa, it's the Gavvies. The Gavin Newsom Award for Governmental Hypocrisy during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, my favorite Gavin Newsom clip that we got to keep around forever is the one where he says, I've got to, I've got to, I guess I got to preach and practice. I just thought that was so over the top. That's a good point. <laughs> it is kind of yeah. funny when you look at it. I you was should. preaching one thing and practicing another. It's kind of funny they didn't match up. So. Uh, well, using uh, the, we can uh, laugh the, about it now, the, can't we? The weight of government on you poor people. <laughs> you can't afford to eat at all because I closed your business. I can eat at the nicest restaurant in the world. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Oh, good stuff. (laughs) So our two nominees for this week's Gavi, San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo. Mm, The guideline was out in the county. No dining on Thanksgiving outside your own household. No going to see granny. No going to see the aunts and uncles. No getting together with your kids and, and your grandkids. No way. Well, old Mayor Sam knew better. And honestly, he does know better. He figured out risk and reward, how he ought to run his life. He went and had Thanksgiving dinner with his elderly parents in Saratoga, California, with an unknown number of other guests. And I'm sure they, as adults and free citizens, took whatever precautions they thought were necessary to keep themselves safe. So, again, this is not an award for foolishness, because, frankly, I don't give a damn what Sam Licardo does. This is an award for hypocrisy. So, congratulations. It's an honor just to be nominated, Sam. But, but we need to move along to our other nomination but this he's, week. He's probably thinking, but my family matters a lot to me. We don't get together that much. Some people are getting older, so it's important that we got together for Thanksgiving. You morons. Doesn't matter to you. Right. What a a terrible view of humanity. You don't love your family like I do. You're peons. Well, another nominee and a strong one, Jack. L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Cool, or Sheila Cruel, if you will. She voted to ban outdoor dining at the L.A. County uh, uh, Supervisors meeting. Banning dining at L.A. County's 31,000 restaurants. But she didn't just vote, Jack. She gave an impassioned speech saying this is a most dangerous situation. This is a serious health emergency. We must take it seriously. The servers are not protected from us. And they're not protected from their other tables that they're serving. Plus all the hours in which they're working. So she voted to crack down on outdoor dining. And hours later was seen dining at Phil Il Forno Trattori in Santa Monica, dining outside. When she was asked about it, she said, well, I really like that restaurant, and and they've had a decline in revenue, so I was trying to support them. And it was still legal until the next day. 
That is a really dumb excuse that uh, we should only work on the the youngest of children. So you're screeching that we're killing the servers by giving them business and letting them feed themselves and pay their rent. But you go ahead and get in one more. You now I shouldn't say that on the air. I'm a polite man. People should have to resign because of those sorts of things. I mean, that's a resign embarrassment. That was Tucker Carlson's point a couple of weeks ago. They're not even ashamed anymore. They're not even like they they don't being caught doesn't make them feel like they need to like really grovel or resign or anything anymore. It's just, hey, what are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, I said one thing and did another. So and you're going to what? OK, shut up then. Nice job, uh, Bill Malugan. Is it Malugan or Milligan? I'm not sure of Fox 11 in L.A. reporting on this story. Well, the judges uh, hand me the envelope, please. Uh, 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 Warren Beatty, are you ready? And uh, who's the old gal who was with him when they screwed up the Oscars? Faye Dunaway, right? Yeah. Warren Faye. Right, we might as well do the show busy. <laughs> and the winner is LA County's Sheila Crow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Congratulations. <laughs> Oh, here she comes. She's wearing a long dress. She's walking up the stairs. I just want to say that it's a real honor to win this award, especially because I thought you little people are too stupid to recognize true hypocrisy when you see it. And I thought that I could get away with it forever. So I'm impressed. Now stay home. I'm off to have dinner. That was the same meeting in which they were asked, do you have any data to back up this whole closing eating outdoors? And they said, no, we, we don't actually. No, it's based on an old study of dining in restaurants in general. That included indoor and outdoor. But, right, uh, right. So they're willing to crush your living, squash your ability to feed your children based on old, imprecise, kind of half-assed data. D- d- please, please, sheeple, don't go along with this stuff. Be smart. Uh, you know, take the reasonable precautions, keep you and your your people safe. But to hell with these hypocrites. So Barack Obama was on Stephen Colbert for a long time last night. Uh, Barack Obama is making the rounds with his new book that I uh, actually started reading. I have a feeling that footage will be in the dictionary under the term fawning soon. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was. I didn't watch it, but the, this part was interesting to me. I was just reading the transcript. Um. Colbert asked him about uh, that if he ever sought classified information on extraterrestrials during his time in the Oval Office. Uh, Barack Obama told Stephen Colbert, yeah, I certainly ask about it. And said, Colbert, can't tell you, replied Obama. Sorry. Colbert took the non-answer as a confirmation that we are not alone. All right, I'll take that as a yes. Because if there were none, you'd say there were none. You just played your hand. I thought you were a poker player. You just 100% showed your river card, whatever that means. It's a hold'em term. Poker term. It's a thing, sure. Uh, And Barack Obama said, because Barack Obama's good at this sort of thing, he said, feel free to think that. (laughs) 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 It's kind of a funny thing to say. Yeah. Uh, You can't confuse ETs with UFOs, because of UFO, that's a military term. You soft heads. We got to know what's flying around, who's flying it, what the capabilities are, like those Iranian missiles we were talking about earlier. 
Um, so, you know, the idea that every UFO is a spacecraft is stupid. But extraterrestrials, even if it's microbial, I wonder they, what they do know. They wouldn't keep that secret from us. Why would they keep secret from us microbial? Why would mi- they tell us? Well, because they can't say it, apparently, in Jack's case. But... <laughs> no, I, uh, maybe, it, maybe it's, like, incredibly dangerous. And they've got it, to, you know, buried 100 miles under Fort Knox. Because <laughs> that's where you know. you'd keep it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't think they'd keep that secret. I don't think they'd keep any of it secret. I don't think you could. You couldn't keep that secret. So if you had an actual, like, squawking, writhing, living alien strapped to a <laughs> bed somewhere. No, I'm talking about microbes. <laughs> why, is, why is it strapped to a bed? So it doesn't attack you. <laughs> Let the thing lose. By God, that's cruel. <laughs> but no, if it was a germ, for instance, hmm. you know, I'm sure that sort of thing would never get out. Wuhan. Well, <laughs> I, I tweeted about that Mars special that is on, uh, I think it's on Netflix. I couldn't remember if it was Disney or Netflix. Anyway, there's a great Mars special that's out there. That's the, the they, they took the pictures that we've taken from Mars and Beam back and then put them all together, and it's 4K, I mean, super high-resolution stuff. And if you got a good TV, and they put it all together, you know, on a big screen and pan in such a way that it kind of gives it some movement. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, you're just staring at the freaking surface of Mars, which is mind-boggling. And it's just as clear, it looks like you're standing in Arizona at sunset. So I was just going to ask, how would you describe it? But that's a pretty good description right there. It is, it is, if you contemplate it, it's just, it, it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, um, on a different world. On a different world where there is nothing, just absolutely nothing. But what what there was there a hundred million years ago, we don't know. They could have had everything we've got now for all you know, for all we know, and it, it, it disappeared for whatever reason and has been taken up by uh, by Shake time. Shack. I don't think they had Shake Shack. <laughs> uh, come on, Jack, you're being ridiculous. But one of the things they talked about, and uh, I've read about before, is the idea that we might actually be Martians. That there was life on Mars. There are chunks of rock on Earth that are parts of Mars. They know that. That has been identified. And uh, those chunks could have brought the microbes that were the beginning of life to Earth. I've done the uh, the 23andMe thing. I'm not Martian. I'm like Northern European. Mm. But, wow, that's that's crazy. It's very possible that Mars had life before we did. The life, you know, broke off, came here, started, um, and then it died off there, got too hot, uh, not enough water, whatever. But so we're in the go- ones that came up with Dave and Busters, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mars, back in the day. So in God's great scheme, Mars inseminated Mother Earth? Uh, more or less, with, yeah. And, and, and gave, uh, you know, rise to humankind, perhaps. Mm-hmm. We don't know. My son was super into that show, which I was happy to see, because you never know with the modern kids. They got the video games and the fast pace of this and that. And yeah. it was kind of a, had more the slow pace of a, uh, you know... Uh, an eighth grade film you were watching like, in science class, but he was really into it. Do you like the holiday films and stuff hold up? Like Charlie Brown Christmas, if they watch oh, that? Oh, yeah. Or... We watched that. Uh, we watched uh, the Thanksgiving one on Thanksgiving night, Charlie Brown. It was on Apple TV. I think yeah. I had to sign up for yet another streaming service to get it. Um, uh, and they really liked it. Okay. And I thought that's interesting because this is super slow paced. Especially Charlie Brown stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they it, liked it. Are they as into Dolph the reindeer as as I am and my family? My kids were Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Boy, I don't recall. I know we watched it a bunch last year, but I don't remember. We watched the two Kurt Russell Santa movies over the weekend. Have you ever seen those? Those Two of them? Yeah. 
Is he like an ass-kicking bar bouncer Santa or what? He's he's a cool Santa. Does he have an eye patch? And Goldie Hawn, looking like she came straight out of hell, is on that his his, his actual real life wife. Goldie Hawn has had five too many surgeries. So holy cow, what the hell is going on with your face? I have completely missed the Kurt Russell Christmas movies. Oh, they're they're really good. Christmas Chronicles. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So we like those. We like the Home Alone. Obviously. I have six different versions of A Christmas Carol on my DVR, and it's about time to dive back into those. Oh, what do you, what Plus, do you, I read it every year. We, 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 my kids have not seen any of them or heard the story. So which where, where would you start? Probably with the book? A Muppet Christmas. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Really? It's, it's an outstanding version of the story, yeah. honestly. And it's funny. It's whimsical at times and, and keeps the kids involved. But Michael Caine as Scrooge is great. And it's just, it's a really good, and, and a lot of people say it's the most accurate retelling of the book. Really? Be- I, I, I love that. It's one of my favorite huh. Christmas movies. Partly uh, because I don't think we've seen it. we got to Char- find it. Charles Dickens' voice is one of the, here I am here I go. Sorry, you can't stop me. Charles Dickens' voice is a character in the book. He, Dick, he uh, narrates it. There's an active narrator. And uh, that uh, part is played by Gonzo the Great in A Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> and he's great. Him. There are a couple of really flaccid, flaccid 70s style pieces of music in it, but you'll get past them. They're fine. Is there, uh, is it like uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy oh, yeah. and those people? Kermit, Miss mm-hmm. Piggy, Gonzo, uh, Rizzo, the rat factors. How about in. that druggy uh, drummer guy? Animal? Uh, yeah. He might make a cameo. Appearance. I assume he's a drug addict. Uh, he's a musician. I think he has mental problems. He's a drummer. But I repeat myself. They keep trying to make him play slow. He's not. He's he's born to rock. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, I'll take that. So we got something new to watch. We'll definitely check that out. Anybody else got any recommendations? Our text line four one five. McMillan and wife. But... <laughs> Shut up, Michael. <laughs> text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. of the program we keep talking about the coronavirus vaccine here in the western world the civilized world apparently china has got some version that they're handing out to people they've given over a million people fine you a, take it. a shot of the vaccine including <laughs> kim jong-un the leader of north korea who got vaccinated a couple of weeks ago according to a reporter by reuters and uh and various intelligence agencies so yeah so that part of the world has what they believe is a workable vaccine and they're giving it out to people. Hmm. Now, so what are is our comments on that? Do we believe that that one is bogus? Oh, I just, I think it could be or, legit. I think capacity. The, the one thing a communist regime has the capacity to do is make everybody do what they say. So it's possible they have a good one. Huh. I'd hate to be the first guy to take it. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, a little disappointing if they actually beat us to it, though. Final thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Here's your host for Final Thoughts. It's Joe Getty. How about a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day? There he is pressing the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, Yeah, happy birthday to Positive Sean, and I just want to let you know that I got a gift for you. Jack's picking it out. He's buying it. He's wrapping it, and I'll bring it in tomorrow. (laughs) 
That sounds exciting. <laughs> Fabulous. And I know, Sean, you like more than anybody people stopping you and giving you birthday wishes in the hall. Oh, there's, oh yeah. there's, as much pageantry as, as people are willing to dish out, I will consume. Yeah, Positive, Sean, a, a final thought? Uh, found this quote from uh, from one Kurt Vonnegut earlier today. It's a part of a longer story of a lesson he learned young, but being good at things is not the point of doing them. I think that's a, a good life lesson for people to remember and realize, as I think that opens up endless opportunities the earlier in life you learn that. Yeah, that's like that thing we talked about a while back, the benefit of having a hobby just for a hobby's mm-hmm. sake. You don't have to make money off of it. You don't have to be good. If you're not good at it, you're not a failure. You're, you're still yeah, doing yeah, something exactly. that you enjoy. You should put that on Etsy. Jack, a final thought for the folks? Um, there are 82 new Christmas movies coming out this uh, this holiday season. And we'll get to some of them tomorrow. But 82 that are going to magically appear on Lifetime or Netflix or Disney or Apple or Hulu or whatever it is that you watch. Or the Hallmark Channel. That is yes. a lot mm-hmm. of dang Christmas movies. Uh, my final thought is from uh, listener Larry who points out that Sheila Cool of the uh, L.A. Uh, Council is actually quite famous. As a child, she was known as Sheila James, child actress on The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Played a character named Zelda Gilroy and was just as irritating and unlikable in that part as she's turned out to be as an adult. I politician. remember that actually. Thank I'll you, Larry. Darned. I didn't know that. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to ArmstrongandGetty.com. Great sale on swag right now. The A and G new uh, hoodies are fabulous. Helps pay the guys. ArmstrongandGetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase... Uh, what you're doing. Deep Purple. Armstrong and Getty.